Welcome to the Mojo for Musicians podcast from Manny Cabo Media, where we dig deep into today's top strategies to help you take your music career to the next level, along with real, raw, and uplifting conversations with industry professionals that are making moves, making a difference, and making the best versions of themselves to inspire you to do the same. And if you have a voice with a powerful message to share with the world, then head on over to tinyurl forward slash mojo official discord for the best community of voices in the metaverse. Support for the Mojo for Musicians podcast comes from Stedman, tools for the studio and beyond, because your voice deserves to be heard. Sennheiser, inspired by music. And Cranium, scientifically designed products for bald, shaved, and buzzed heads. So get your head in the game and own your dome. And now, here's your host, Manny Cabo. All right, Mojo Maniacs, welcome back to another rockin' episode of Mojo for Musicians, a source of inspiration for my ecosystem of artists around the globe. And as always, I want to thank my sponsors, and of course, all of you out there that continue to listen, to review, to rate, and to share this podcast and content to all those in need of it. And remember, guys, I have a free Mojo Music Meditation available to all of you for free. That's right, for free. And I specifically created it to reprogram my subconscious mind. And I have been able to do some epic things over the, the past few decades. And now I'm offering it to you again for free. So download it, use it, and watch your lives change as well. Because I created it with all the love and passion in the world. And I'm sending it to you guys. So you guys can manifest your dreams and desires as well. So just go to mandycabo.com forward slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and there it is in all its glory. Now go change your lives. But now, on to our incredible guest. Yes, in my opinion, he's the biggest thing to come out of Sweden since Ikea. And man, I, it's a big deal because I, I love Ikea. And he's giggling for those of you, <clears throat> excuse me, who's going to see the video now. He's a brilliant pianist, a multi-platinum producer, and also one of the pioneers in the music NFT space who is assisting other artists like myself to embrace and leverage this new space of music making in creating digital assets. So please help me welcome to the show the incredible talents of Songs of Eden. What's up, my man? Welcome to Mojo for Musicians. Thank you, thank you. And what a nice introduction. Oh my God, I'm blushing over here in Sweden. Thank <laughs> <Stop>. you, thank you. <laughs> Stop, you're so humble, man. This is one of the reasons why I love having you on here. You know, it's funny for uh, those of you listening out there, we've been trying to make this happen for a few months now. But as you know, in our industry, coinciding schedules is just a commonplace. And as a matter of fact, I'm squeezing you in. Uh, I should say you're squeezing me in before you go back on tour. So thanks for making this happen, brother. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's sometimes it happens. But I mean, if you wait for something good, you can wait for a long time. And here we are. Yeah. Happy to Listen, be here with you. I couldn't agree with you more. Tomorrow is never promised. So we need to leverage today, correct? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, dude. So listen, let's jump right in. I, I've, been, I've been following your journey for some time now. And I have to tell you, you have some of the most, how do I say it, entertaining reels on Instagram. And if you guys haven't viewed his profile yet, just go to Instagram. It's really entertaining, chock full of entertaining segments. And, and some of them so comical. Uh, and I can tell you, one of my favorite reels, incidentally, is the one with the mom. Right. She has this little drawing of a child. You know, it's handwritten. You could barely read it. You know, it's completely not legible. But nonetheless, you can see the musical notes there. Right. And she's like, I want to know. 
Uh, if this makes any sense to anyone out there, can somebody translate this musically for me? And you did, and it was actually pretty <laughs> badass, right? And, and then you gave it two thumbs up, and I love that stuff, and I'll tell you why, because one of my favorite elements about you and as many artists out there and their personality is that you embrace the comical side. And I think that's such a great icebreaker, you know, and it draws a lot of engagement for an artist. So my first question is, like, how did it all start for you? You know, like why the piano? Did you have some influences in your life growing up? Where did your uh, devotion for the keys come in? Tell me. It actually started back in kindergarten. I can't really remember it myself, but that was... Uh what my parents told me and uh, luckily I had uh, nice parents that actually after a little bit of uh, asking back and forth they brought a piano to our home and uh, since that day I've been kind of stuck with the uh, keys and uh, really was it was it like that little you know like the peanuts and Charlie Brown the little Schroeder <laughs> piano on the floor you had a full-blown you know piano life-size yeah, I have what they call like a ch- uh, chamber piano, I think it's called. It's gotcha. kind of a full-size piano, but still not as uh, like a big upright. But uh, that's still around at my parents' like really? summer house, so I still we still have it. Kind of out of tune, but uh, it's still around. So it uh, bring, brings back a lot of memories. And oh, I think I'm that's, sure. Yeah, that's so powerful with the piano that I kind of enjoy it. I, I can imagine Daily. the stories <laughs> that thing must be able to tell, man. Do you have it with you there, or are you set at your parents' house? If I'm, if yeah, I'm... yeah, it's down on their on their summer house. So oh, that's I'm fantastic. going there in a few weeks, so then I will play that out of tune piano once again. So yeah, you know, you got to make a reel out of that. I mean, now I'm asking you to. You got to be on there as bad as it sounds. Just make something, you know, make some magic out of it because that's just a great story in itself. Yeah, I could actually do that. I kind of like those, like, histories connected with everything. Yeah. So that could be, like, a nice, uh, more maybe a serious kind of reel that you just tell about Absolutely. how things started. And, um, yeah. How about this? How about this? We do another segment. You know, we'll get you on here live. Live with that piano that we're alluding to right now. I think that's a good idea. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, yeah we got some nods here. Yeah, let's do that. I will be there, and they have decent internet, so definitely I'll be there. I'm going to Mallorca first with the family for a week. Then after that, I'm going to spend a week or two at together with my parents. So yeah. uh, definitely, I'm game to do that. So let's do that. So, you know, so obviously the piano was something that started your career and obviously created this evolution of who you are and define you. So I, I guess, you know, let's touch upon the topic that many of the artists, including myself, would love to address. Now, you've reached this platinum level status, right? So cutting to the chase, how did that happen for you? Like, was it a collaboration, an amazing opportunity, one of those, I don't know, million-dollar ideas that we all have that you serendipitously, you know, receive from the powers that be or simply, you know, the most common, of course, consistent uh, grinding? Because I I do find those stories to be fascinating from an inspirational standpoint. So please share. I think for me it comes to basically pivoting and not try to like I see a lot of my friends that kind of get more uh, whining maybe be a harsh word but you know Mm. when the industry changes you kind of have to just adjust and that's kind of my mindset that music isn't like uh, I mean you're lucky if you can make it a living out of it but with that comes like an adjustment and when it came to the uh, platinum records Sweden was kind of big and still are when it comes to like the A-list uh, sure. artists in the world and I was kind of in the B or even the C league there where you could like 
could uh, make uh, some songs and I was lucky enough to have a few uh, number ones over the world but this was a few years ago and now the industry has gone down and instead of like uh, whine about it I just try to to maneuver and try to find new ways and uh, see now I, now I love that I got to cut you off because it, it truly is that's an integral part of the success of anything I mean not even just in the music and fortunately for me a lot of my friends in doing what we've been doing, you and myself, for, you know, decades. They're like, dude, how do you continue to do this as a podcaster, you know, as a musician, as a speaker in the musical space? Because it is difficult, and, and COVID really hit us all hard, you know, putting everything at a standstill. But I always said, you know, my superpower has been to be a chameleon, learning to adapt to these different situations, and I couldn't agree with you more. And instead of sulking, and focusing on the void of what we don't have. Uh, there's nothing out there right now. We can't tour. We can't perform. You know, people learned new pieces of software. People uh, took the time to write out some new music, uh, to reach out and collaborate, which, by the way, is my second superpower. You know, working with other people, talking to people like yourself that have endured this, this transitional period. Because you really, really do. You can't be deterred by changes in the industry. You know, people... It won't, it won't help. It won't. It, won't. Help, like, it really won't. People are afraid if, to change. But go ahead, finish what you were saying. Yeah. I'm just thinking if you start to, let, for instance, complain about streaming, that, that won't bring the, bring the CD back. Or yeah. if you complain about your, uh, let's say, your Instagram reach, that won't, won't right. help. You know, they want <laughs> magical, like, change. You just have to, like face the fact and adjust and try to do your best. That's no, absolutely. all we can do, right? I think that artists are focusing on the wrong numbers. You know, everyone's focused on how many streams they're getting. Everyone's focused on how many followers I'm getting. Instead, focus on the followers that you have, those really true fans that you currently have, and focus on engaging with them, asking them what do they want to hear. Because that connectivity, that relationship that you build with your true supporters and you know the rule you know you don't need a million followers a thousand committed fans that create this family of supporters for you is all that you need to sustain but i think we're so focused in these aesthetic metrics of well you know i only have six thousand seven thousand followers you know a lot of these artists have 20 30 40 a million whatever the case may be yeah. and that's great and danley don't get me wrong that that's definitely helpful but there is also a lot of artists that that have bought, you know, these these followers. Uh, so True. you really can't measure your success using somebody else's ruler. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I've been through it myself. And it's after a while, it's even hard to keep up. Like it happened to me with Instagram, with TikTok, and YouTube, and so forth. And mm. at the end of the day, it's impossible to just uh, sit and reply to hundreds and hundreds of comments and then people might feel unseen, that you don't see them. And that's something that I've been struggling a little bit with. Like I had an amazing Instagram community, but after a while when I grew, I couldn't just keep up with replying to everybody and so forth. And then I just get a sense that people felt that I didn't see them in a way. So, so yeah, now wait a second, that's actually really interesting. So how did you handle that? Like, obviously, you know, certain fans, once they reach out and you respond to them at first glance or whatever they kind of get this connectivity with you right they're like oh yeah. my god he responded to me so let me respond back so obviously as time elapses you know and it's true you can't really answer every single message i do my best i really really do even since my days of being on the voice 
I would take a week to two weeks to respond to 5,000 messages. And, you know, realistically, that's tough to do, especially when I'm managing three different types of careers. So throughout that journey, I've actually hired assistants, you know, let them know what I would like to see in the responses because you, you don't want to lose touch with that. So how do you handle that hurdle? I actually had the same, same mindset. Like I tried to do it as much as possible and at least like, like the comment or give it a heart so at least people nice. feel that you've seen it in a acknowledgement way that, right yeah but it's i mean i'm still behind like thousands of comments on youtube so like when i'm on the bathroom or i'm cooking or something i try to, <laughs> to do a few <laughs> to just but it just keeps on growing more and more so it's right. yeah, it's really hard and uh, yeah you know people are fast to get disappointed and so forth yeah. and that's kind of the worst scenario and uh, but uh, yeah what to do it's yeah, it's a tricky no, one. I it's a really it. tricky one, and you I don't, don't really like to hire someone. It's I really like when it comes from me, in yeah. a way. But but I agree. Uh, that could be a solution, of course. But uh, yeah. I agree, <laughs> it's a tricky one. No, <laughs> it is. One. You know what has helped me though, Sherry, with you. One of my tactics: I've compartmentalized my days. You know, if I didn't do that, to be honest with you, uh, I've learned from some of my mentors growing up that compartmentalizing certainly helps because it keeps you focused. Now the caveat is. You can't be distracted. Like one day, I will do nothing but my podcast interviews. I mean nothing. The next day, I only video and do all the editing. On the, I'd say Wednesday, I'll only record my music, my originals. I record my reels on a certain day. But you have to stick to that schedule because you know how it is. We get so easily, you know, distracted by an email, by a tweet or by an Instagram message or, you know, my mom's calling me or whatever. So it takes a certain degree of discipline. So that's something that you could probably incorporate because I've done that. I feel it's very, very important to always embrace the audience and sustaining that relationship because essentially these are the people that have allowed me to continue to do what I do, that have allowed me to sit here with you and have this conversation. So it's kind of my way of saying thank you for the support. Totally grateful for you supporting my career, you know, as an artist. And I really do. I think it's an integral part of my success and my growth throughout the years. So I'm glad that you at least acknowledge that for your fan base as well. Yeah, it's a it's a great uh, thought, and I, I try to implement it as much as possible. And one word I hate is like the word multitasking. That's mm. something I think of daily too. It could be something simple like uh, like cleaning the kitchen table. Then it's easy to when I'm on the way. Th- <laughs> then I see something else. Then I see something else, and you end up do all these kind of other yeah. things. So you just have to do now. I do this thing and this thing only until I'm done. Yeah, then you got to put those horse thing. blinds on, man, and just be like, "What? Exactly. No, that there's nothing going on here. Just keep whatever's in front of you in focus, man. It's it's tough to do. It really is, man. Yeah, it really is with all the social media and all things. But I think it's super important to really. When I make music, then I only make music. When I reply to the comments, I only do that. So basically, try to have the same. What are your Same fans like with respect to what you do? Because like I said, you're pretty animated and entertaining. And this is actually a good segue uh, to this question. But what is it that your fans truly love about you and Songs of Eden? I would hope at least that is is like the positive side. I try to bring something funny or happy and positive and right. to the table, both with the music and the content. And uh, yeah, Which is what I love about you, man. You, and you got my <laughs> attention, so you're definitely doing something right. Yeah, and also try to have like a serious side, like we hear all those, like now with the Web3, you spend a lot of time maybe in Twitter spaces and people are complaining yeah. about someone 
unfollowing you or those kind of that's kind of a mission too that I just try to like hey people two billion people don't have fresh water and you're sitting here complaining yeah, about exactly. someone unfollowing you exactly. it's like so that's kind of a mission too I have or what I'm trying to bring as more of a like a serious note to the well listen uh, we're definitely cut from the same cloth I mean my biggest goal has always been to inspire empower educate which is the impetus behind this podcast you know interviewing people like yourselves that have made uh, some huge ripples in the industry and I want to share this knowledge with the community because when I started this industry we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have Google. We had nothing. We really needed to figure it out, literally. Yeah. Um, we didn't have any sources. We had to scrape the pavement, you know, walk to jobs, you know, giving our, our, our CDs, selling cassettes out of trunks, whatever it is that we had to do. Nowadays, I don't really think that they fathom. Quite frankly, I know that they don't fathom what we went through. Like, what do you mean? I mean, it's, it's, it's easy. You go online. I mean, that's the whole thing. We didn't have going online. So, exactly. You can basically post something on social media and exactly. get to go viral, and you don't have to talk like uh, some uh, record label guy in a suit right. that just uh, look at you like you're a nobody. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's easier than ever for anybody, and people. Yeah, basically, as you said, people don't seem to to understand that that like it's really up to you. And and another thing is it's free advertising. Basically, yeah. you don't have to pay a single penny to make a reel, right? And you can have uh, millions of people see it. So. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, the key is like getting it. viral content, but you can't worry about that stuff. You just literally have to consistently put out the best content that you can. But yeah, in a nutshell, it, it really is. You have all the access in the world to leverage this community. And, you know, Rick Barker, who used to be Taylor Swift's manager, an amazing icon, I've had him on the show, he also says, listen, there are, there are no dependencies on record labels anymore. You know, they don't develop artists like they used to. It's up to you, the artist, to leverage these platforms, to build your numbers, to build your engagement, to keep putting out great content. So, yeah, certainly the pressure is on us as the creators, but... You have so many outlets out there. Whoever doesn't want to be successful in this career is because they're lazy. I'm going to call everyone out out there. I don't care how much backlash I get because <laughs> the ones that are going to give me backlash are the lazy ones. So I could really yeah, give yeah. two shits, you know. <laughs> but you do. you got to put in the work. Definitely. And on the, on the other hand, I think one aspect that I try to implement is basically to also look at the trends, look at the analytics right. and kind of uh, learn from that. But of course, be true to yourself and do the content that you really enjoy and think represents you. Mm. But but try to tweak it just with those tiny tweaks to just make it possible for it to go viral, yeah. which I think a lot of people are forgetting about. They think like I made the best song or I made the best art or this or that. But it, at the end of the day, if no one sees it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, if you want to want to be <laughs> sell it or have people listen to it. Well, sure. And the beautiful thing is it's evergreen. Like just because they don't see it now doesn't mean like a year from now, somebody's not going to come across and be like, whoa. Did you ever hear this guy, Manny Cabo, or Songs of Eden? This is amazing. Then they'll look up more, look up more, and then all of a sudden you have this huge surge. So many artists have talked about that. You know, The Beatles toured for 10 years. Nobody knew who they were. Ed Sheeran was selling CDs and playing and living on couches. Nobody knew who he was. You know, exactly. So there's always a possibility, but I think another element of why so many artists fail, and I'd like to get your take on this, is because they quit too early. You know, they feel like it has to happen overnight. And man, they couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, I think that. And another thing I like to preach is basically 
create without any ex- expectations. Like we hear it all, over yeah. and over, like you kind of almost get pissed that people don't listen to your music. Right. But I mean, it's no, not written in the law that someone should listen to my music. It's like a bonus if they do. So that's what I always try to preach is create without expect, ex- any expectations, so right. to say. Just, yeah, just do it because you it. love it. Yeah, and if people resonate, they do. And then, of course, you can tweak it so it gets in front of yeah. more people. But kind of... Uh, and, and once again, with the Web3 space, that's what we see over and over. Like, people are d- uh, disappointed and uh, worst-case scenario, even mental health issues and yeah. d- depression because they kind of expect something to happen and uh, never expect anything. Let me cut you off because that's actually a, a great segue into my third question, you know, related to the NFT space and your involvement with non-fungible tokens. And because till this day, a lot of people have no idea. So that in itself, it's kind of a deterrent, right? Dealing with the unknown. But I myself being a part of an NFT community, as you as you know, because this is how we started our relationship, you know, I'm uh, affiliated with the Giraffe Tower, led by our fearless leader, Gary Henderson, who's worked with I don't know, some of the top personalities like Lewis Howes, Gabby Bernstein, way too many to list here. But there certainly are uh, a myriad of opportunities for liquidity investing. And incidentally, I've had the honor of having, I don't know if you know her, Violetta Zironi. Yeah, yeah. Who's one of last year's NFT uh, Musician of the Year nominees. And she joined me on the show. And she's doing extremely well in the space. But I want to hear from you and how you manage to leverage this technology. And of course, lending your assistance to artists like myself to better understand the potential of monetizing through NFTs and the blockchain world? I think for me it comes basically down to like using the technology without talking about the technology, if that makes sense. Good point. I think that, sure that's what, what many people do. Like they, This is decentralized and this is Web3 and this is NFT and honestly 99.9 people don't give a shit about it. It's just, exactly. just words. Like right. when we're on a website, we don't say, now I'm on HTML or now I'm in exactly. Web 2, you know? We don't use those words. So I try to just utilize, uh, for instance, now we're like making music together. We're making a music video together in the metaverse. So I basically, saw that. Tr- yeah, try to do fun things and uh, build like a community mainly based of love and uh, creativity and not focus at all on like sales and the sales are happening we're already selling on the secondary market but not have that that as the focus to not be like responsible of some kind of money making machine rather than like a joy and uh, good vibes kind of thing you know i'm gonna have to reach out to you because you know uh being part of the community is great i own probably around a good 68 close to 70 nfts i just minted one the other day with our technology, but I'd be really curious because I myself am looking to delve deeper into the the music NFT space. So this is going to be a conversation that's certainly going to be continued off this podcast. But explain to me, what are the hardships of that? Uh, what are the amenities about that? Why should artists look into creating musical NFTs in your personal opinion? And, and what have you uh, done to leverage your career using NFTs? I think... I think basically the technology can open up so many, like uh, you can see how many times someone has listened to track and reward them, basically things that you can't do. I mean, I can't reach out to Spotify and say, hey, can you reward every 5,000 listener? That and also the fact that we can... uh, yeah, create it together and get a good community. And uh, another big mission I have is 
basically letting, letting everybody be on a good song, a good music, because that's something that really ma- makes me sad, that a story I hear basically weekly, that it could be like a music teacher telling you in first grade that, hey, you can't be in the choir or you're singing out of tune. And so that's something that is warm to my heart to try to prevent that because people usually laugh about it. But the funny thing, like this last song, we were 38 people and I would say 35 of them had kind of the same story. Like, no, I can't join the song. I can't sing. And usually it could be even a parent that gave you a a bad comment like 30 years ago and that yeah. kind of sticks with you it your really whole does. life. Hey, I was verbally bullied by teachers. My teachers thought I was mentally disabled at the time. They're like, your yeah. kid, he's out of control. You know, they wanted to medicate me. And my parents said, what? The kid needs a bicycle, needs to go outside and just get that energy out of there. I'm fine. Yeah. Quite <laughs> frankly, even the doctors try to keep me away. I've been an underdog since even before I was born. I was a potential abortion waiting to happen. They didn't want to have me in this world. So believe oh. me, I completely <laughs> empathize with yeah. what you're saying. Unfortunately, those comments do they do dig deep and they still yeah. stay in your And people, la- people often kind of laugh about it but when you dig deeper. So that's kind of one of my missions with the whole uh, NFT thing. And mm. I actually, we, I mean, we're 38 people. Four of us are professional musicians. The rest are just people who just joined with a finger snap or they someone hit oh, on the awesome. table. And I just paste it together to song and I mean just the endorphin and the happiness when they're on this song that it's actually going viral on Instagram as we speak it's just like an amazing feeling to and then on the on top of that we're like doing the music video get together in the metaverse to create that so that's something something I want to kind of bring that and also like when growing up I've been playing a lot of music from all around the world and I kind of like the idea something that been thinking about lately is that we never talked about like religion or gender or race or those kind of things and and the combining factor was the music so that's absolutely something i want to bring to the table too too which i love about the web3 space is that you can be everywhere with a iphone and join you don't have all Oh, like this. You, you don't can need literally them. like we've uh, we've joined in so many rooms. You know, Clubhouse uh, created and paved the way for so many of these opportunities, and obviously Twitter yeah. now opening up spaces, like you alluded to earlier before, which I join constantly. And you do you get some engaging uh, conversations. Somebody could be in Africa, another person could be in Australia. You're in Sweden right now. I mean, the possibilities of this collective role being played in the music world is just amazing and it is beautiful and i think artists should shut up and stop talking about politics and religion and and using their platform and just make music this is what we do just yeah, focus exactly. on that man because you know what i got to tell you nobody cares what you think as an artist religiously or politically so just invest your time in putting out what your passion is which is music and, and it's it a together. universal language <laughs> And do it together because right. that's kind of when people like just take choirs for an, as an example. Like mm. you never see 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 happier faces than when people get to sing together. I mean right. that's just like the best feeling to Who be. Who don't most. even know each other. You know? Exactly. So that's kind of what I want to am trying to to bring. And then when it comes to the tech side, Prism, who I'm partnering up with with the uh, MIDI punks. That's our collection. He. Like has written a code where you can play the music with the use of the Alexa device. So play the music NFTs, which right. isn't existing at this point. And wow. then we're 
making caps with a new NFC technology where you can basically hold your phone to the cap and get transferred to the metaverse. And oh, wow, that's epic. Those are kind of the, instead of like focusing on the, the cool thing about the tech, just make people like, hey, put your phone to the cap and see what happens. And you, oh my God, huh? That's a, so, a song is playing. That's so cool. Right, you know? right, right. That's what I love. People are like flabbergasted. Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? My main question is the signature question of the show. You know, what's your mojo? What keeps you going? What, what makes you get up every day and keep creating these great entertaining reels and, and keep playing the piano and, and keep investing your time in the NFTs and sharing your knowledge with our space? What is it, man? I would say it's a curiosity could be a big factor like That's i just love i just love new things i don't like to and that could be like a, a bad thing sometimes like sometimes it's better to stick to one line but i like to make a tropical house song and then well, wait 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 I'm, let me cut you off why, why do you think it's a bad thing i love being curious man you know you you have to ask questions but why do you think it's a bad thing people interpret that as a bad thing or they get annoyed by you being so curious like what i think uh, basically people want to put you in like like label, gotcha. some, like uh, Justin Bieber does this, Madonna does this, and uh, right. Elon Musk Classify does this. You know what I mean? You, if you will. Yeah, 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 exactly. I got gotcha. you. But uh, yeah, that's just me. I just love to try things, and uh, yeah, it works. And <laughs> I love for it, me, man. so <laughs> I love it. And you know what? I'll endorse that. You know, you got to be curious. You got to ask questions. You got to find out what's new. You got to be adaptable, like we talked about earlier. Before, it's a huge and integral part of any person's growth. But listen, what great things do you have going on right now? How do people find you if they want to know a little bit more about Songs of Eden? Man, this is all about you, so go for it. I think the Songs of Eden is like my handle on uh, most uh, platforms, so that's the easiest way. And then, of course, I just, everybody who is like interested in the Web3 space and the NFTs and so forth, check out the MIDI Punks with a set on the end. That's like the best community. That's just tons of good friends just the mini punks there you go yeah and the create just creative people that just create together and do all kinds of fun i'm things. gonna have so to join man so yeah you need to you need you, to you guys are on discord and everything i know you have your twitter rooms you know when when your normal rooms like do you host them or do you have multiple hosts we usually just open up the like twitter space and see what happens sometimes with nice. three people sometimes 300 so it just just kind of goes with the flow but yeah of course the discord uh, is a good place to to find us and, and uh, yeah it's awesome just a lot of good tech people musicians artists and uh, metaverse uh, lovers so yeah a lot of crazy fun people so <laughs> that's a reason enough to to join to be 100 percent, man listen it's been a pleasure my friend and thank you so much for taking your time and sharing your journeys with us and we definitely have to do this again good luck on tour and you know hopefully someday you and i can collaborate on stage it would certainly be my honor man Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. There you have it, guys. <laughs> Songs of Eating. Thanks, brother. And I'll talk to you real soon. Take care. Peace. This has been a Mojo for Musicians podcast. If you're a musician, industry professional, or a voice with a powerful message and wanting to share your mojo and stories of success with our listeners, or simply share some feedback on today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. So send us an email at info at and don't forget to join the Mojoverse on Discord for the most powerful community of voices in the metaverse at tinyurl forward slash Mojo Official Discord. Thanks for listening.